Will you please stand for the reading of the gospel? Our gospel lesson is from Matthew chapter 28. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descending from heaven came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were as white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has been raised from the dead. And indeed, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them and said, Greetings! And they came to look at him, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So they're lining up at the start, start line of a road race underneath the, the giant inflatable archway. Uh, you've, you've probably seen it. So we zoom in on this really handsome guy. He's kind of got long, good hair, uh, full goatee, and he's wearing a, a one-piece jumpsuit, something like Evil Knievel or Elvis might wear. And beside him, at the start line is the Grim Reaper, a, a creature that looks something like um, one of the Death Eaters in Harry Potter or a ring wraith in The Lord of the Rings. And, and they've got their racing numbers safety pinned um, on, on the front. And they're ready to go. And the gun fires and everybody takes off except for the rugged looking guy uh, in the Elvis suit. He just, just stays there as everybody else runs past. And then we see him on uh, the city bus. He's, he's riding on the, the city bus and, and going through town. And then again on the, the, the street, the city street, eating a hot dog, um, chatting it up with the hot dog vendor. And then in the back of a taxi cab. And he's handing a few dollars over to the cab driver and says, this is my stop. And then while the taxi is still moving, he opens the door and jumps out and rolls on the ground and hops up and starts running. And it's then that we begin to realize what he's done. Because from behind him, we see the grim reaper with giant blade and, and the others running. And, and he crosses the finish line before all of them do. And then the narrator says, if you're a stuntman, you cheat death. That's what you do. And if you want to save 15% or more on car insurance, <laughs> you switch. 
It's what you do. And you know, people can say that about us today. If you're a Christian, or even nominally associated with one, uh, you go to church on Easter. It's what we do. In addition to eating lots of chocolate, doing lots of things with eggs and bunnies, and uh, breaking out or buying really colorful clothes, uh, we go to church on Easter. And we hear the story again about women and an empty tomb and an angel with really bright clothes. It's what we do. But I wonder if we ever put any thought to it. Like, why does any of this stuff really matter? It's what we do, but, but why? So I want us to think about that for a few moments this morning. Well, it matters for our souls. If you back the story up a little bit to Jesus' baptism, maybe you remember when Jesus emerged from the waters of baptism that God spoke from heaven. And what God said was, you are my son. Immediately, Jesus is led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And at the beginning of the season of Lent, we follow Jesus into the wilderness where he fasts and he prays for 40 days. And we know from, from this story that he encounters the Satan and he's tempted. And so maybe you'll remember that in that encounter, the devil says to Jesus, if you are God's son, then turn this rock to bread. If you are God's son, then jump from the pinnacle of the temple because surely the angels will catch you. And it's in that conversation that the Satan also says, I have authority over the earth. So if you worship me, I will give you the things of the earth and all of its wealth. Well, well we know that uh, Jesus in, endured the temptation. And as Luke tells the story in his gospel, Luke says that uh, the devil departed from him until an opportune time. Well, the devil returned on Friday. And I want to just turn a page in Matthew's gospel to chapter 27 and read a few verses of what happened on Friday while Jesus is hanging on the cross. <clears throat> Those who passed by derided him, shaking their heads and saying, you who would destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. If you are the son of God, come down from the cross. In the same way, the chief priests also, along with the scribes and elders, were mocking him, saying, He saved others. He cannot save himself. He is the king of Israel. Let him come down from the cross now, and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now, if he wants to. For he said, I am God's son. The bandits who were crucified with him also taunted him, in the same way. 
something happens on Friday. If you were here on Friday evening in the sanctuary, you heard as the, the youth led us in a service where the, the last words of Jesus uh, were remembered. Jesus' last words from the cross. And, and from the cross, Jesus says, it is finished. And we just, when Jesus says, it is finished, and then uh, breathes his last, it says that the earth began to shake. And that in the temple, in that holiest of places where the curtain separates the presence of God from, from people, that that curtain was, was torn in two. Well, the, the centurion was there. The Roman soldier was there. And, and it says, when the centurion and those with him who were keeping watch over Jesus saw the earthquake and what took place, they were terrified and said, truly, this man was the son of God. The centurion recognized that something cosmic was happening. And at the end of the story, when they did meet Jesus in Galilee, after the, uh, the, the Easter Sunday morning story that Becky just read for us, Jesus greets them and says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And T. Wright says that something happened to dethrone the Satan and enthrone Jesus in its place. It matters for my soul because the power of sin has been defeated. Sin no longer has power to keep me down. Unless, of course, I allow it. It matters for our bodies. The only thing that we fear more than death is public speaking. <laughs> That's what the surveys say, and I've met enough of you that have convinced me that, uh, that there's probably some truth to that. Uh, but Easter matters because death is defeated. Jesus doesn't cheat death. He defeats it. So the empty tomb is important because it means Jesus isn't there anymore. But it doesn't explain where he went. So what matters more is that he shows up again. And I think what matters even more than that is how he shows up. There's lightning man in this story, the angel, who who was like lightning. He was as white as snow. And I would expect the same of Jesus. But it's not a lightning Jesus. It's not a white as snow Jesus. It's not a glowing on top of the mountain with Moses and Elijah Jesus. It's a human Jesus. It's a, I thought you were the gardener Jesus. A stranger on the road with us Jesus. It's a Jesus who says, I'm really hungry. Have you got anything to eat? It's Jesus who says, I'm no ghost. I'm flesh and I'm bones. Touch me and see for yourself. It's the resurrection of the body. And it's the resurrection that's coming for us. It's not just a spiritual resurrection. It's not just, uh, someday I'm going to die and I'm going to go to heaven. 
In, in fact, the, the witness of Scripture, it's, it, it's not just about us going to heaven as much as it is about heaven coming to us, about heaven coming uh, to the earth so that the earth and everything in it can be redeemed and can be made new. And that leads to uh, another reason why all of this stuff matters. It matters for all of creation. These women grabbed hold of Jesus' feet, feet that were planted firmly on the earth. And it was as if this was, this was too good to be true. And of course it was. That's why we, that's why we call it good news. And I, I wonder, does anybody ever feel that way about us? Like when we say greetings, we don't usually say greetings like Jesus did. It's more of how are you doing, hey. That they're like at a loss for words. They simply can't believe that something this good could be happening to them. When uh, the world encounters Easter people, isn't it supposed to be that way? It's supposed to be that way. Uh, Russian author Yevgeny Yevtushenko, I think, <laughs> sorry, wrote a book, The uh, a Precocious Autobiography. And he tells about the day in, in Moscow in 1941, that day when 20,000 German army prisoners were to be marched through the streets in front of a population that had borne the burden of their cruelty. The pavements were crowded, mainly with women because the men were dead. Most of them had lost a husband, a son, a father, a, a brother. Some of them had lost mothers and sisters and daughters. Uh, the suffering had been terrible. All because of, of this army that was about to, to pass in front of them down that street. So you can imagine uh, something of the atmosphere of that day. At last, they were going to get to see their hated enemy. And so there were angry uh, mutterings and, and shouts of hate as the first of this defeated army began to march in front of them. And it was the generals. And even though they were defeated, and even though they were prisoners, they remained arrogant and they, they strutted in front of the people and the people spat in the snow. But, but then came the soldiers. And they were just boys, really. Shuffling their feet through the snow. Many of them on, on makeshift crutches. Some of them being led blind uh, by their mates. Their feet uh, wrapped up in newspapers. <coughs> and silence fell. And all you could hear was the shuffling of feet and the thumping of crutches. The shuffling of a defeated army 
of broken boys. And, and then there was a, a sudden movement. An old woman, a babushka, pushed her way through the crowd and got to where the, the Russian uh, soldiers were, were guarding the pr pavement, and she says, let me through. And this bent old woman pushes through and, and uh, walks up to one of these gaunt prisoners. And everybody held their breath. What was she going to do? Was she going to slap him in the face? Was she going to spit on him? And then she reached into her shawl for a piece of crusty black bread. And she awkwardly pushed it into this soldier's pocket. And he was so exhausted, he was tottering, he could, he could barely stand up. And all of a sudden, from every direction, the women pushed through the crowd. And they brought perhaps a cigarette, per, perhaps a piece of bread, perhaps a, a, a piece of, of dried fish. And somehow, the hatred was gone. Enemies had ceased to be enemies. And why? Because one person, one ordinary person, intervened into that cycle of hate and hurt and revenge with a simple act of pardoning love. And so Jesus says to these women on this first Easter Sunday morning, I'll meet you in Galilee. Go tell the others, I'll meet you in Galilee. And they did. They did. And Jesus sent them. From Galilee, Jesus sent them to the ends of the earth. Easter people. Easter matters. So I'm glad it's what we do. It gives hope, not only for my soul, for the entire world. Amen.